0: It's the Morning Marketing Machine, here to grow your e-commerce business with proven marketing strategies and tactics, so you can run your business with machine-like precision. My name is Douglas Levin, let's dive in. Welcome to Morning Marketing Machine, and I have a special guest today. So Tim Fitzpatrick is a business owner with an expertise in marketing and business growth. He has 20 plus years of experience with a passion for developing and growing businesses. Um, so they served him uh, so well in operating and managing a wholesale and distribution company that that company grew an average of 60% a year before being acquired in 2005. Um, he since then started Rialto Marketing in 2013, and it has been helping service businesses simplify marketing so they can grow with less stress. So thank you so much for coming on today, Tim.
1: Thank you, Douglas. Uh, happy to be here and uh, appreciate the opportunity.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm always. Um, very, very intrigued whenever somebody who's in the marketing gets on. So this will be a lot of fun here, I can talk about marketing all day long. So all right. So so for people that may not know uh, about you, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in all this and kind of like what led you up to today?
1: Sure. Yeah, my uh, you know, my entrepreneurial journey got started right out of college. You know, I, I wouldn't say I was ever one of those entrepreneurs that, you know, I was eight and selling baseball cards or opened up a lemonade stand-up. That was the last thing on my mind at that point. And and even when I got out of college, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And uh, you know my dad had been an entrepreneur for a long time and he had started a distribution company about a year prior that was related to one of the other companies that that he had. And I said, look, I don't know what I wanna do. Let me just, let me help you. He had no employees for the distribution company at that point. And uh, I said, let me help you for the summer. Well, you know, that was that was that i got hooked i mean i just loved it i was soaking up information i was learning all kinds of stuff i loved the business we you know we were selling home theater equipment you know distributed audio that type of stuff so what we were selling was interesting and uh yeah i was hooked and so i became the first full-time employee became a partner in that company i managed it on a day-to-day basis and uh you know over 10 years we Like like you said, grew about 60% a year. We expanded to three locations and then we ended up selling. And after that, I worked for the company that bought us for about three years. And then I got out of that, I transitioned, I got into real estate, into residential real estate. i would always been interested in it and figured, hey, why not? Let's, Let's jump into it, do it now. That was 2010, so we all know what the real estate market was like at that point. Um, but there's opportunity in every market. I started door knocking people that were in foreclosure to say, you know, hey, I can help you, and uh, I started doing business that way. But I realized, you know, that business put me out of my comfort zone almost every day. So I, you know, expanded my comfort zone a lot, but I didn't enjoy doing it. And I just reached a point where I, you know, I said, man, I can't keep doing this. What's the point known in owning my business if I don't like it? So that's when I shifted gears and I got involved in marketing. I started thinking about what I loved about being in distribution. You know, it was changing. It was dynamic. We were helping our clients grow and you know, those same principles apply in, in marketing. And so that's what I started doing and that's what I'm doing today. So that's it in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) Very cool. So, so obviously you've done, you did took a few things to kind of get where you, you love. So, yes. um, So I I guess I'll, if you can kind of take me down a little bit in terms of the marketing side of things. So what goes into that process in terms of the learning part of it? Cause um, there's so many people that hear the term marketing or anything like that. And they're, they're, they're kind of like, well, like what goes into all of that? Like, like, I don't even know where to start with something along those lines. Like, so if you're coming at it from like, you're in college and then you go down this whole rabbit hole and real estate and everything else, like what, what goes into that process?
1: of of just kind of determining what I want to do and how I want to do it.
0: That, yeah, that, that I guess first, yeah, yeah, we can go into
1: that. Yeah, it's you know, I for me, when, when I decided to get into marketing, I thought about what I loved about the distribution business, which when I was in the distribution business, it felt like I never worked because mm-hmm. I loved what I was doing. It was so much fun. And, you know, and so I thought about the different aspects of that that I enjoyed and, you know, thought that, you know, marketing, there's a lot of similarities there. And frankly, I mean, I was running that business day to day. So I knew what it was like to operate, you know, sales, marketing. And so I knew that I could do it, um, but it certainly marketing and changed a lot because I was, you know, when I got in distribution, that was, you know, the mid to late nineties, you know, marketing, at, online marketing at that point was a website. Mm-hmm. Now for, you know, forget it. There's There's so many different marketing channels. Um, you know, and like you, like you mentioned, it's marketing can be overwhelming. I mean, people are battling information overload when it comes to marketing and you know, they just get overwhelmed. They don't even know where to start. And honestly, when I initially started Rialto, we were focused on a very specific niche within marketing. We were selling mobile applications, mobile apps were hot at that point, And I was like, man, there's an opportunity here. And so I was focused initially on that aspect of it and two and a half three years in there were some changes with Apple and their publishing guidelines that got me to the point where I was like oh my god I'm my business is like at the whim of the policies of Apple and Google and this is not a place I want to be so I decided to shift at that point point. and actually there's a lot of parallels there to what we were talking about before we went live with with e-commerce and Amazon Amazon's a great place to start selling your products and services, but they could shut your business down tomorrow if you don't have other channels that are where you're driving business. And that's what I realized in the mobile app space. I was like, I can't I can't do this. I need to shift gears. And that's when I shifted into more comprehensive marketing services where we could basically be an outsourced marketing department for, for our clients and a single point of contact to help them drive their marketing forward. Um, and I, and we've been doing that for about the last four or five years. So, um, but I don't know, I've always been one of those people that, you know, even if I don't know everything, I'm just going to jump in with both feet and, and learn it and make course corrections along the way. So I've never really, I've never been af- afraid of trying something new.
0: Very cool. And, um, and obviously, yeah, we were talking about the Amazon side of it. And that, that's one thing I'm very, very adamant about is, is you can, you can definitely have a lot of success with Amazon, but. Um, it is great in terms of understanding the marketing aspects. And, but one of the things I know that, that a lot of people have, have said to me when they've talked about the idea of marketing is they don't really know how to start. Like, uh, if they're coming from an e- e- e-commerce background, yeah. like, um, like, uh, it, I just hear this as a big general overall turn. You got to get better at marketing, but like what what exactly does that mean? Kind of yes. Yes. So what would you recommend for somebody that's kind yeah, like, of oh, right, I'm in e-commerce and I want to get started, but I don't really know the first thing in terms of what I need to do.
1: I, to me, marketing success starts with the fundamentals. You know, so the fundamentals in any discipline, I don't care what it is, they don't change. They're the same today as they were 50 years ago, and they're gonna be the same 50 years from now. So when it comes to the marketing fundamentals, I call them the marketing strategy trilogy. You have to know who your target market is. You know, who who are they? How are you gonna serve them? Um, you Second thing is you have to have really clear, engaging messaging to that market. You know, you can't create great messaging until you know who you're trying to reach. Then you gotta have great messaging to help you stand out and and engage them and then the third part of that is you have to have a plan of how you're going to get that message in front of those people to me that's what marketing all boils down to and if you skip those steps inevitably you're just gonna you're gonna run into problems you're gonna waste time you're gonna waste money and what most businesses do is they end up just throwing tactics up against a wall like spaghetti on a wall and hope that it sticks and when it doesn't work, they're like, well, that didn't work. Let me try this or, you know, I, yeah, I tried that. That didn't work. You know, social media is not working for me or says SEO is not working. And inevitably, it's not that it's the wrong tactic. It's the right tactic. They're just using it at the wrong time. So you got to start with the fundamentals because those are the foundation that you can build from. Yeah, you know, and we were talking before we went live about you know messaging i mean a lot of e-commerce companies their messaging doesn't it doesn't say anything it doesn't convince people why should i buy from you or why should i buy your product rather than somebody else and they're really not buying the product for the product they're buying the product for the end result that it can give them and our messaging needs to focus on that aspect of it because that's gonna, what's going to get people to buy
0: and, and, and getting back to what you were saying here, you're talking about the idea of the plan as well. So if if someone's getting started, like like I've always thought of it that same way you do in terms of um, um, it is really the end result. You're not selling the widget; you're selling what the widget can do for them. Yeah. But, but like if someone's getting started with something and they're like, all right, so it's going to give them this benefit. It's not about my product. Like how how would they dial in when they're getting started? Um, like like what would be a good starting point for that plan? Um, uh, so say they've got. They're, they've done hopefully they've done the research right then they know more about who their ideal customer is yeah uh, and they've got some value props in place you would hope um uh like how would they come up with some type of plan um in terms of all right this is yeah
1: so i recommend people use a 90 day marketing plan so we use a 90 day marketing plan for our business we use it for our clients um, the reason i like 90 days is it's long enough to see whether things are working, but it's not so far out there where it just becomes overwhelming. You know, sometimes you could spend tens of thousands of dollars on a year, or two year, or three year, you know, marketing plan. They're too confusing. It's just, you need to, we need to simplify things. And most of the time, plans like that just go into a desk drawer. And frankly, if you had done that in January of this year, you would have burned it in March. So, you know, 90 days it's like a 90 day sprint and I just keep I keep six things in there you know it's like who's your target market what's your goal you know and my 90 day goal is certainly something that's gonna help me get to my one-year goal or my three-year goal or whatever it may be um, I got to know who, what my budget is and what my resources are you know how much time I have or how much staff time do I have to dedicate this and how much money can I spend is gonna dictate what I can focus on right um, then I've got my current marketing plan you know what what am I doing where am I starting from because you can't determine what you need to do to get to where you want to go until you know where you're starting from it's like your GPS mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell it how to get to can't tell me how to get to the airport until I tell where I'm starting from. And when we look at, um, the diff- various marketing channels that are out there, I, to me, there's only eight marketing channels, right? You've got your fundamentals or your strategy, my ideal clients, my messaging. I've got my website. I've got my content, you know, my creating content marketing of any kind, my search engine optimization. I've got social media. I've got email marketing paid advertising and then offline marketing you know so speaking direct mail could be strategic partner relationships those types of things at this phase if you don't have a plan which a lot of people don't and that's okay all you want to at least do is just outline hey what have what have i done and what do i continue to do in each of those channels Mm -hmm. and then in that fifth step is what am i going to focus on in the next 90 days put it down on paper and just write it down with, these are the, these are my marching orders for the next 90 days and when you do that it helps eliminate all this distraction so that when you know next week you see somebody saying oh you do you've got to be on TikTok" or you know you need to do influencer marketing on instagram you can come back and have the discipline to say you know what that sounds like an interesting idea but it's not on my plan right now so i'm just going to put it over here and i'll come back to it because if you constantly get distracted you're never going to make traction And then that last step is what metrics am I gonna track? The metrics are gonna help you determine whether the actions you're taking are having an impact or not. And then at the end of those 90 days, you just go back and look at what worked, what didn't. Are we gonna double down on certain things? Are we gonna make some shifts? And you create your next 90 day marketing plan and that's it, you just wash, rinse and repeat every 90 days. And I think if most people did that, they could look back after a year and go, damn, we accomplished way more than we've ever accomplished. You know, so I think that's where you need to start. From an e-commerce standpoint, I mean, it's you're online. So you, you got to start with those fundamentals. And then I think the hub of everything you do is your website. You have to have a great website. If you don't have a good website, you're never going to be successful in e-commerce. And I don't think you're going to be successful long-term in any business because everything you do from a marketing perspective sends people back to your website.
0: Yeah, and, and and as we were talking about before, I mean, even if you have, if, if you're selling on say your website and on Amazon as well, mm-hmm. like, like 95% of the time, unless there's something that differentiates your product or your brand um, from everybody else, they're just going to go on Amazon and buy it, even if they like your product. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where it comes back to the idea of what are you doing to, to differentiate what, what, what do you have to offer that's going to make them want to go to your website? Yeah,
1: also? you know, one, you know, from an e-commerce standpoint, it's like, how else can we, how can we make it easy to buy from us? Because so many people are so used to just jumping on Amazon and getting everything they need, and it's on my doorstep the following day or two days later. Um, you got a lot to compete with there. Um, so you have to figure out how you can position it and, and make your value proposition strong enough where it's gonna encourage people to just buy directly from you.
0: Yeah, and, and I, what I really liked about like the idea you had in terms of the 90 day plan, it, it, it comes through a lot of the same ways that there was a book I read, you, you know, the 12 week year at all. Um, no, I'm not familiar with okay. that. It's a lot of the same um, principles. Like they, they do it, um, it's the same idea that there's 12 weeks, and then it, you're accomplishing specific ta- tasks in your business that are going to move the needle to whatever your goal is. So it's the same kind of thing as you're just talking about. Yeah. Um, so, so it's funny that you're bringing that up. Um, so it's it's gives you that sense of urgency. It gives you something that's trackable. So yeah. you can actually look at it and see, did I accomplish my goal or yeah. and it also gives you the idea of like, well, did I execute or, yeah. or was it on me because I didn't execute the plan? Um, so,
1: really- you know, um- as we're talking here it's like uh, there are so many things like when you if you get into e-commerce you may be thinking god how am i going to compete with amazon but i think the thing you have to think about is how what's your niche and how can you position yourself so that it's so much more attractive to buy from you than it is to buy from amazon you know um i think i want to say the name of it, chewy have you ever heard of chewy the pet supply company yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know i think petco or pets uh, Petsmart bother bought them for like I don't know it was billions of dollars a few years ago but when they initially got into the market uh, there's some pet supplies okay great I can buy that on Amazon but their differentiator was their customer service mm-hmm. you know I could pick up the phone 24-7 talk to somebody and they could help recommend what I needed to buy for my pet based on my specific needs mm-hmm. you're never gonna get that from Amazon Amazon doesn't do that so they figured out this value added way to create a niche in the market that differentiates them. And guess what? Enough people said, you know what, I love that. And they they bought and they got, you know, they got dialed in and they got purchased, you know? So, you know, another great example too, I mean, I play golf, not quite as much as I used to, but um, I was in the market for a, a new driver a couple of years ago. and. You know, I didn't want to go into the store to do it. I just didn't have the time. So I went online and I'm on the TaylorMade website and they have this interactive chat widget where I can talk to a golf pro about what, you know, I mean, they got like 10, 12, 15, I can't even remember how many different drivers on their website, different shafts. I'm like, I have no idea what the hell driver I need. Well, there's an interactive chat right there. I jump on, I'm talking to a pro, he's asking me the right questions, I'm giving him the information, he goes, this is the driver you need. Here you go, and then I bought it. I'm never gonna get that kind of interaction from Amazon. Mm -hmm. So even though there's 800 pound gorillas in every market, there are always ways for us to figure out how can I carve out my niche within this market um, and add value to people in a way that they're not currently getting it. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's where it really does come down to the idea of, of just solving problems for people. Yes. And and if you can identify a niche and that's why like I always say to anybody when they're getting started in e-commerce like you you got to identify your niche, you got to you got to start to identify what problems people are having and then if you can give them a solution for that um then it doesn't matter who your competitors are. You're going to create that like that blue ocean where yes. where now you're the only one that they're going to think of and it doesn't matter if Amazon's there.
1: Yeah, 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 not at all. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's they're just not going to be able to there's certain things. Amazon does really well, and there's certain things that they're never going to do well. So there are always going to be opportunities there.
0: So so um, so since I was bringing up the idea of books here, are there any that you would recommend from a marketing perspective for people looking to to get going?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, You know, from a marketing perspective, um, I one of the things I talked about was, you know, messaging. The messaging framework that we use for clients is built off of um, Storybrand. Okay. If you've ever, if you're familiar with Storybrand, um, and Donald Miller has multiple books, but the one that specifically talks about the messaging framework is, is building a storybrand. If I remember the title correctly, um, and that's a great book. It's a good read um, that'll that'll dig you into that um, and give you an overview of you know what it is and and why it's important to use. So that's always a good one um the other one that the other ones that i really like are are the books from russell brunson um from ClickFunnels, and he's got uh gosh i think he has three or four books now but you know dotcom secrets expert secrets uh, and traffic secrets those are all really good books and the thing that i love about his books is it it's all i mean certainly it's based on his experience and he's been incredibly successful but they're broken down into into frameworks, into models that he knows works. And I, I don't care whether it's marketing or anything else. The successful models and frameworks that we need to be successful are out there. We just need to know where to go to find them. Um, and so uh, uh, his books are great.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I think what a lot of people do love about Russell and the way he talks about things is, is he he focuses so much on the idea of story like StoryBrand does. As yes. Russell. Like, I can't tell you the amount of times I've read something or I've listened to something or whatever it is. And like, everyone either raves about it, they talk about how it's got such great information, but you're bored off your ass. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's not not a compelling story the way that it's being talked about. Yeah. Um, So I think that's one of the things that Russell does really well is that he tells a great story. Um, He does. um, And that's one of the things that I think people forget a lot of times when they're trying to put something together. And that's what if you're if you're looking at say the e-commerce side of it is, is is work on that story part of it like that's that's how it can work really well and that's why i think russell does so well and he also will break things down in a way that basically like my seven-year-old kind of would understand it kind of a thing right
1: yes all right one of the things i say about marketing all the time is it's so easy to over complicate it and if you do that, it's just, it just becomes so difficult to figure out where things are going wrong. And frankly, it becomes overwhelming. You know, and one of the things that I've heard Russell say multiple times is, you know, look, most of my funnels have, you know, five, six steps in them. Mm-hmm. You know, if, when you, yes, can we create these really complicated funnels that it's like, if you do this, then you're going to go here. And if you do that, you're going to go here. Well, if you're having problems in a funnel like that, there's too many steps. You can't you're just gonna have such a hard time diagnosing where things are breaking down. But if you keep things simple, it's so much easier to figure out, okay, well, this, is, this isn't this is working, eh, it's right here. Um, keep things simple, because otherwise you're just gonna run into problems over and over again.
0: Definitely, I, I, I can't tell you the amount of times. I, I, I think it's honestly something in in the way we are as humans is that we wanna overcomplicate things because we think, oh, well, that's too simple, it's not gonna work but like i i would venture to, to to say probably like 70 80 90% of the time that works fine you you're you're making it way too complicated
1: yeah and i'm trying to remember the quote uh, i can't remember who said it but you know it's something like um simplicity is the ultimate sophistication you know it's not it's not easy to make things simple but it can be done and when you can really boil things down into their most simple form that's really when they're going to be the most effective.
0: Definitely. Um, so we're kind of transitioning a little bit here. One thing I did want to ask as well is, obviously, uh, um, you talked a little bit about Rialto marketing. Um, uh, uh, within within that, or, or it could be outside of it as well. Like um, um, I, I, I talked about, obviously, a 12-week year, and there's um, a book called The One Thing where they talk about the most important yes. thing. Right? Yes. So, so what would you say right now is your most important thing that you're, that you're working on?
1: Uh, my most important thing is continuing to create more and more content. Mm-hmm. you know um, content is starting to drive a lot of our our leads and building more awareness for our brand and um, that's my that's my thing is create getting content out there
0: so how, how did you arrive at that being the most important
1: um, well when the when the pandemic hit, we Uh, i was doing a lot of speaking and we were generating a lot of leads from that and that shifted very quickly obviously so i had to figure out ways to you know how am i going to continue to speak and put continue to put content out there um and so we that's how we shifted you know and when the when the pandemic hit i you know we shifted some of our speaking was able to shift on online you know some of it uh wasn't but we we needed to continue to get Content out there and build our brand and build our credibility and content is one of the best ways to do that.
0: Very cool. Um, so, so you brought up um, obviously the, the virus and everything that's gone with on with that. Um, this kind of goes back to, I guess, the mindset of, of of humans in general. And I think of honestly, business owners too is that um, it's not really talked about. Like I think, and honestly, it should be, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, there are times that that we're not in, in a as high high a state in terms of um being able to work on business as we probably would like to be um for whatever reason whether it was the virus or or you're just not not feeling it you're you're feeling like like uh um you're in that negative mindset anything on yeah. those lines and, and um it happens to everybody um yeah. it, and it's the whole thing of the that don't think that it's just you and everybody else is perfect. It happens It happens to me all the time. Yeah, of course. Uh, um, so, so when that happens to you, when for whatever reason, um, uh, you're having a hard time um, actually getting work done, or you or you can't overcome um, some kind of a project that you're trying to get done and it's just not working. Like, what has helped you in those situations to overcome uh, uh, that time in your life?
1: Yeah, one of the, one of the things that I always try to do when I'm feeling overwhelmed like that or I'm feeling stuck is identifying what the next measurable step I can take is you know because I think it's so easy as an entrepreneur to just you know we've got I got a one-year goal and a three-year goal and you start to think about all the things you need to do to get there it can become really really overwhelming that's another reason why that 90-day plan is so effective Um, it breaks things down into much more manageable chunks and you'd know exactly what that next thing you need to do is and so when i get stuck that's usually where i start um you know the other thing too like sometimes you know we all we all hit roadblocks you know and things things happen and you know a lot of times i just try to think back on you know what's you know, I'm worried about something. What's the what's the worst thing that's going to happen here? And if I can identify what the worst thing is and get to a state of mind where, you know, it's like, okay, this is the worst thing that's going to happen. I'm okay with that. Now, what are the things I can do to not let that happen? And those are the actions I focus on taking.
0: Hmm. Very cool. it, yeah, I, th- I think it was, um, yeah, it also goes back to one of my mentors, what he talked about when you're trying to figure out plans um i don't know if it was charlie munger or someone else that he he referenced the idea is that you want to invert actually so so uh if you're if you're looking at a problem and like i don't know how to how to fix this um uh you actually look at it from the other other perspective say, how can i make this bad how can i make sure this doesn't succeed right it's going to do the opposite Um, so so it it's a simple thing but a lot of times, it can have a huge effect on you, your 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 emotions, your business, um, as well. Like like, and it could make a, a world of difference. Um, yeah,
1: you know, I also think that, you know, for entrepreneurs, you know, speed of execution and being able to push through roadblocks quicker is really really important. I think it's a key to success. And one of the things that has always helped me push through things faster is just accepting the fact that, I mean, change is, it's gonna happen and we can fight it or we can embrace it. And if we embrace it, we can push through these changes so much faster as they happen. Um, I mean, we, we saw, I mean, I saw that with multiple tons of people as we hit this pandemic, you know, there were some people that, I mean, that literally had to shift their business overnight. And sure enough, you saw them shift like that. And it's like, damn, that, um, that's awesome. That is amazing. And then there's other people that were just, they were just stuck. It was like their feet were in cement and they're like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? And so it was really interesting to see how different people reacted and responded to this. And you could tell those people that had that same mindset where it's like, well, you know, my cheese got moved. It, you know, now I, what am I going to do? And they just jumped right into action. And I think that helped those people that were able to do that move so much faster.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think the other part to, to make sure that people understand too, is that you're not in a race either. I mean, um, uh, because those people pivoted and they, they had success doesn't mean that it, you're in any worse position and, and don't try and compare yourself to anybody else who did no. that. Yeah, it, like you're, you are, are, are at your own pace. It's your own race. Um, So so if it takes you a little longer to get there, that's fine. I mean, it's never going to be as quick as you would like it to be for anything you do. Um, Well, you
1: know, it's so easy to compare ourselves to other people, you know, but what we don't realize is, you know, we're all different. We all have different goals. I mean, my goals aren't the same as somebody else's. So why should I compare myself to them? You know, we need to figure out what we want, what's truly going to make us happy. And that's the only thing that matters. You know i'm going to tell my kids all the time i always ask them you know who's your who whose opinion is most important about you and they're always like mine that's it nobody else's opinion of you matters except your own so focus on you you do you and move forward
0: yeah definitely very cool um so you talked about um a little bit earlier um some of the obviously the issues that people have had to dealt with i would ask you um if you can elaborate a little bit and tell about like the worst point in your either business or personal life, and ultimately what got you through it.
1: Yeah, I you know I would tell you my lowest point from an entrepreneurial standpoint was right near the end of before I decided to get out of real estate, and I just you know I'd gone from a high of growing a business quickly and selling that business to getting into something that I did not understand at all. I was putting myself outside of my comfort zone all the time, you know, and I was making money, but I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was making as much money as I could, and I was capable of, you know, I was hitting roadblocks left and right. I was working harder than I ever had worked and not getting paid a lot for it. And I, was, I just wasn't enjoying it, you know, and I, I mean, there were days I was, you know, I'd wake up and I'm like, man, I'm just not motivated to, to do this. I don't want to do this anymore and that sucks it's I mean it's not a fun place to be and you know and so I when I was in that place I you know I was fortunate that you know I wasn't worried about like oh my god how am I gonna you know how am I gonna pay my house payment this month I mean I wasn't in a situation like that thankfully Um, but I was still kind of floundering and, and treading water And I didn't feel good you know my my confidence had been high and and it had been taken down multiple notches. I was like why Why am I not? Why am I not enjoying this? Why am I not having as much success as I know I can have and you know I just took the time to think about gosh, what's what have I learned from this experience? You know what what um, what mistakes have I made that I don't want to make in the future and based on my, my past experiences in business what should my next step be what's what's going to be the next chapter here and you know i just tried to take all of those things in and, and reference everything and just review it and just go okay based on what i have here what should i do and you know you're never going to have 100% of the information you need to to move forward but i've always felt like you know if i've got 75 to 80% of what i need then i you know i've got what i need to to make a decision that i can feel pretty confident in and move forward and so you know that's what i did i moved forward and you know uh, like we've talked about i my journey with rialto has not been perfect by by any means it's it's been a winding road but i you know i wouldn't have it any other way i i'm just not i'm not made to work for somebody else
0: Well, and this gets back to the idea I have heard. Um, like Tom Bellieu is, is one of the people that I, that brought it up that re- it resonated with me. But the idea that it, it's it's about more than just pursuing money or, or 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 a paycheck or whatever it is. Like there has to be something behind it. Yes. But otherwise, I mean, you 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 feel completely hollow inside, uh, completely unfulfilled. It's just it's not like, like it. Just just looking at money just doesn't. It's not a, a life. Changing
1: yes. I, you know, and I would say Douglas in my, when I was in the distribution business, I was very much focused on how much money can we make? How, you know, how, how, how big can we grow this? How fast can we drive everything? And you know, as I've gotten older, my perspective on that has changed a lot more and it's definitely moved more towards the, how, you know, how can I create more significance and meaning with what I'm doing, you know, how can we change our clients' life when they when they work with us? You know, what can we do to really drive that meaning? Because long term it's you know, I don't know, I can't remember uh, where this stack came from, but I read something a while back and they said, you know, like after like seventy five thousand dollars a year in in money, it the rest of it it doesn't really significantly change things for people. You know, you have to find other things to to create that significance. And so it's like, if you think about that, you know I mean? Yeah. for seventy seventy five thousand $75,000 a year for some people is a lot of money and for others, it's not much at all. Um, and so when you reach that point where you're making enough, it's like you have to find other ways to, to make meaning.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so what would you say your, your purpose is?
1: My purpose is to have a positive lasting impact on, the people that I touch, whether that's personally or professionally, you know, when I'm dead and gone, I just I want people to say, wow, you know, he did, you know, Rialto did this and it, it, this is what it allowed me to do and how it changed my life or, you know, hey, Tim did this, you know, knowing him allowed me to do this in my personal life. And I, I just want to help people have an impact, you know. So if I can do that, I feel like my time on this earth has been well-spent.
0: Very, very cool. Um, so you, obviously you referenced um, uh, kids before. Um, yes. Th- this is a question that um, some, some people have very varied opinions on. Um, uh, what's a work-life balance to you?
1: <sighs> That's a great question. I honestly, I'm not quite sure work-life balance exists I think depending on where you are there's things are always going to be a little out of balance you may have to put more time into work based on where you are right now um and I think that that just that just happens and and I think you have to be okay with that um but you have to understand when you push the balance more whether it's towards personal or work I think you have to understand the sacrifices that you're making to do that, and as long as you're okay with those, to me it shouldn't be a long-term thing, right? If I'm if I'm pushing too much in work, and my personal life is suffering because of that long-term, then that's not a good thing. So you you do have to find, you have to understand what's happening, um, and make those course corrections. But you know, sometimes you just have to go all in on certain things, and and. You know my personal life or my business may suffer a little bit because of that but that's just part of the deal and part of the journey
0: yeah i i think some of it it is dependent like it, it, my my thoughts are it 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 is dependent on 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 you as a person like where you're at in your life um yeah. are you are you single are you married Do you have kids um what are your what are you what's your why like like there's a lot yes. that obviously goes into it but um uh ultimately i look at it there is no such thing as a balance. There is basically yes. you have to be immerse yourself at whatever it is you're doing for that period of time. So if yeah. you're working, then you're working for that specific period of time. But then when you're with your family, um, then then everything else goes away. Like at that point, yes. I look at it from the perspective. All right, work is done. I don't care. I don't care. There could be 5000 fires at that point. I'm spending three hours with my family or whatever it is. And yeah, and everything else matters. Um, so your balance, it's a counterbalance is the way yeah. I look at it. Like, cause you can't, it gets back to the idea of you were talking about before, but like, you can't be all things to all people. You can't try and do five uh, things at once. If you try and do that, um, you're, you're in my, the way I look at it is so you're not really going to be good at either your, your business or your family.
1: Yeah. I think too, doing. some of that is also having the self-awareness mm-hmm. to know, you know, it's like, okay, I'm doing my work stuff. I'm hundred percent focused. All right, now's family. And you need to have that self-awareness to catch yourself that if you are falling back into it, you're sitting at the kitchen table and your family's having a discussion and you're sitting there, eyes glazed over, thinking about work, you gotta have the self-awareness to go, you know what, um, nope, snap out of it. Let's get into the present moment. And I mean, I'll tell you, that's something I've always, you know, that I've struggled with. Cause I'm always, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a very disciplined person and I'm very focused. And uh, it's, sometimes it's hard for me to just say to myself, okay, no, it's time's off, get away from it and live in the here and now.
0: And I, I think honestly, that's a lot of the business owner can tell you anyways. Like we're, yeah. we're, we're, we've got that condition in us. We're like, all right, um, I, I got this, this other thing I, I, gotta, I gotta focus on or what's going on with it or it's um, yes. a little bit longer or whatever it is, right? You're, you're always, there's always going to be something else that yes, there you, is. you wanna work on, right?
1: yeah absolutely
0: Uh, so um so this was a question that um i was i was a guest on my friend mason's podcast and he brought up this question and i i loved it so much i've kind of asked everybody since Um, (laughs) so so the question is um what's your definition of success
1: oh that's a that's a good one um and you know for me it's um here hold on i'm gonna uh my definition of success is a little bit longer than um than, than most people's so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up and I'm gonna read it to you so it's um, hold on I'm almost there Douglas it's you know because to me it's success is all about being happy you know it's like I've made money and I think when you get to a point where you make enough money you realize that money doesn't doesn't completely buy you happiness Um, there's a lot of other things that that come into it so for me success is the ability to to happily live my life the way I want to live it doing what I most enjoy becoming better every day while I'm surrounded by people that I admire and respect so that's what it is for me
0: that is very awesome. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so so I, um, as we're heading down the home stretch, I wanted to thank you so much, um, Tim, for coming on today and sharing your, your story and your expert insight. Um, so it was so great talking to you. Um, and I wanted to ask, um, how can our listeners find out more about what you're doing?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, thank you. I appreciate it, Douglas. The, the best place to go is is our website at Rialto marketing.com, which is R-I-A-L-T-O-Marketing.com. Um, I also put together just some r- special resources for uh, for your listeners. If they go to um, com forward slash um, morning-marketing-machine, I'll give you that link. There's some free resources there that dig into those fundamentals that we've touched on in this conversation that I think would be super helpful.
0: Awesome. And, and uh, definitely we'll have links for that as well. So everyone, um, I would... I would say check it out. Um, obviously, uh, he knows his stuff. He's been at it for a long time. And uh, and um, I'm, I'm sure you, you guys gained a lot um, from today. So um, thank you so much. And i uh, talk to everyone next time on Morning Marketing Machine. All right.
1: Thanks. Bye. Take care.